What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Will Stringer, who's the co-founder of Cheezos. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me, Matt. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on and learn more about what you're working on. For people that haven't heard of Cheezos, what are you working on? What is it? Yeah, so Cheezos is an alternative investment platform for early-stage entrepreneurs. Um, and when I say early stage, I mean pre-traction, uh, side hustle, kind of extremely early stage, even idea stage. We provide capital, uh, $15,000 to $50,000 to those founders using what we call a convertible income share agreement, which is a combination of an income share agreement with the founder and uh, a safe in their company. So an equity piece of their company. So kind of walk me through, um, you know, if I was a founder looking for funding, I, I found you on this podcast. Um, what wh- what does it look like? Are you, do, do, should people kind of categorize you as like a firm? Is it almost like SaaS based? Can you kind of w- just walk me through what a founder could experience if they were to go through the process of getting capital from you? Yeah. So as a founder, you can probably just think of us as an you know, alternative VC. Um, there's some terminology being thrown around, variable B- VC, alternative capital, et cetera. Uh, where we kind of sit on the spectrum between a pure debt provider and a pure equity provider. Um, And so basically as a founder, think of us as an investor. Um, We call ourselves a platform because we do have an open online application and we do try and automate um, and efficiently source and underwrite uh, founders as well as we can. So that's kind of why we see ourselves as a platform, but from the founder's perspective, uh, we're just an investor. Then I'd love to hear a little bit about, um, I mean, can you kind of explain like what the combination, like what this new potential instrument is? Like, wh- what do you mean by safe combined with like income share agreement? I, I don't know if that's exactly what you said, but can you kind of walk me through this like potentially new model that you're pioneering here and kind of um, and ha- help a founder listening, maybe understand what, like what that means or what that is? Yeah, sure. So it is uh, a little nuanced and we've been doing quite a bit of education to help people understand this. The reason we're doing it this way is, is honestly, it allows us to provide capital at that earliest, riskiest stage. Um, if anyone, if founders have tried to raise capital, usually they're, the VC is going to come back and say, all right, what's your traction? Show me the traction. Then I'll put in some capital. What we're saying is we're going to make a bet on the founder even before they have traction. So we're looking at the founder as a person, looking at their financial position, looking at their past track record, employment history, education, a whole number of factors, uh, as well as kind of their you know, future potential uh, for success. 
So we're underwriting that founder based on the person, and then we're looking at their business. Um, so kind of some standard venture capital type diligence to look at their business, make sure we agree with you know what they're trying to build. And if we agree with that whole package, then we'll make that investment. And the way that it works is really think of it as two pieces. One is the income share agreement, which has been used in the education space um, for you know, about five years now. I think one of the most well-known um, users of that instrument is, is Lambda School. Um, and basically what we're saying is, let's use this for entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs have a period of income earning in their you know, career where maybe it's zero. Maybe they have one or two years where they're earning zero. And so we think it can be a flexible tool for those entrepreneurs, um, much more flexible than debt. And so again, back to your question, what it looks like. The income share agreement is directly with the founder and the standard terms are about a 10% income share, a 2X repayment cap or 120 months of repayment. So I'll call it 10 years of repayment, but most of the time founders are gonna hit that 2X repayment cap um, in about five years, something like that. And that's how we underwrite. And then we have the equity component um, they're kind of two separate pieces. The equity component is a pretty standard YC type safe. Um, so that, you know, not too much nuance there. What's interesting about the combination and what we've tried to build in is some founder friendly features are a couple things. One, every single ISA payment that the founder makes, they're actually clawing back some of their own equity. So they can claw back up to two thirds of the equity that they are going to issue Chisos. Um, so that you know reduces their dilution as they're making those ISA payments. The other interesting piece is if they go on to raise uh, additional venture capital, that repayment cap on the ISA drops to 1x. So it becomes you know kind of like a 0% interest loan. Uh, and the reason we've done that is you know we see the risk shifting at that point. So uh, instead of taking the risk you know just on the founder, in their very early stage company. If they go to raise venture capital, we see that as a good, uh, I guess, uh, risk shift to the company. And so we'll then take the risk on the company and, and uh, reduce that ISA repayment cap. So this is a pretty innovative thing that you're doing. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of, I would say, bleeding edge of like of new school investment type vehicles. Um, or it's not even a vehicle, but it's new. What you're doing is new and innovative, which is cool. How did you decide to like kind of, st I guess, why did you decide to start Chizo? So I guess in other words, kind of like, what's the origin story here? And how did you even know that this is what you wanted to build? And how did you even discover this as a solution that you wanted to build? Yeah, it was a kind of an interesting path. Um, my background is banking, and then I was at a large family office um, for a while, and then went and did a period of time at a fintech. And when I was at this fintech company working on a project, uh, the project ended up kind of shutting down, and I found myself trying to figure out what was next. I kind of knew I wanted to start something, try and build something, and was trying to figure out, all right, how do I set myself up personally, financially to be able to explore what's next and maybe try and build a company and started thinking, you know, wouldn't it be a good bet for an investor to you know, bet on me as a person? You know, I have a background of, you know, employment and, and income earning. And if I could structure something to where I could share my future income, you know, wouldn't that be an interesting bet uh, for an investor? And wouldn't it give me 
capital to be able to explore and, and build this company. And so that idea um, kind of intersected with the conversations of income share agreements uh, sometime last year. And I kind of took that and ran with it and designed this investment instrument kind of one for myself, but then quickly realized that there's this group of entrepreneurs that is very early stage trying to figure out, you know, product market fit, trying to figure out what it is they're doing, their pre-traction, and maybe they need, you know, $30,000 of capital, $50,000 of capital to get to an MVP. And maybe they don't have friends and family that can write that check, or maybe they've kind of tapped out their friends and family. And so I kind of positioned ourselves at, at Chisos to be that friends and family capital or augmenting friends and family capital. Um, and yeah, since then, you know, we ran a pilot program in the spring to just kind of verify with the market that these terms would be accepted by entrepreneurs. Um, we ended up making you know, four investments uh, during that pilot program. And right now we're scaling out our infrastructure to be able to make 100, 200 investments um, per year over the next couple of years uh, as we kind of raise capital and, and scale up our efforts. And are you primarily investing in people with ideas and then allow them to build out their company? Or are you investing in like, I know it's both kind of the way that it's set up, but like just on a, um, on an emotional level, almost like, let's say I, I'm someone, I just quit my job. I don't have a company hypothetically. Hey, like I want to do this. Will you fund me? Or is it, Oh, you've been working on something for a year or so it's still early stage, but you have enough, enough interesting things that has gone on that will invest kind of in you and the company, I guess, you know what I mean? Kind of is it more on the person or more on the company? Yeah. Yeah. So it's both is the answer. And I'd say, you know, today we're still trying to figure out that exact sweet spot. And so we're keeping the funnel uh, purposely broad. And I'd say, you know, a rule of thumb is that we're looking to underwrite the founder as kind of 70% of our process. And then the company is kind of 30% of the process today is, as capital is kind of constrained, you know, I have to personally believe in the founder one and be impressed by the founder. And then two have to believe in their company um, just because we have, you know, more credible deals than we have capital. Um, as we look to scale up and as we look to automate our processes and, you know, our capital sources are more, um, you know, maybe debt financed, then we might be looking at more underwriting the founder and just making sure that that founder is a very impressive person and then say, Hey, you know, go work on your business. Um, but today I'd say it's, it's a pretty good mix of the two. We, we really have to believe in the founder and what they're working on and make sure that the founders put a decent amount of kind of research into their customers and their business and, and how they're going to grow it. And if you were to kind of take this, let's say you're 200 investments deep or 2000 investments deep and, and you're, you know, you're 10 years down the line, 15 years down the line, what, what does this look like then? Or I guess, in other words, what's the big vision here and what direction are you rowing in? Yeah. So it's kind of a staged approach today. It's kind of small personal balance sheet capital. We're actually raising a fund, uh, a 506C fund and to scale up for the next couple of years Past that, we think there's a stage that it looks something like a, a lending club or an on deck or you know, some of those online lenders where we can source a founder and make that investment 
kind of within a week with very efficient systems. Um, and then hopefully scaling up to kind of a more global type marketplace. Um, this is kind of way down in the future, but if we're going to look to look, go global, you know, it's going to be hard to be in that principal investor seat just because laws all over the world are very different. And we think we can take our terms or the, you know, use of an income share agreement in early stage investing and create a type of marketplace model that can be used globally uh, where we just facilitate the transactions and aren't necessarily the principal investors. So that's kind of the very, very long-term vision. And in order to make that happen, you'll need some help, right? Like, you know, visions are, 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 are very lofty and it takes a village to make it work. So my question for you is how can the forward thinking founders community help you? Are you looking for founders to fund, looking for LPs to invest in you, you know, hiring, anything like that? How can the community assist? Yeah, I'd say two parts today. One, we're always looking for really good founders to invest in. Um, and there's two parts there. One, you know, anyone looking for investment, uh, absolutely, let's let's have a conversation. We'll do the underwriting and we'd love to, to fund you if it makes sense for your situation. Two, founders, um, you know, give us feedback on our instrument. Our customers are founders and then obviously our customers are investors as we kind of act as a, a facilitator of capital. So, you know, feedback and looking for good founders. And then obviously it's a capital intensive business. So we're looking for LPs. Like I said, we are raising a fund, uh, Reg D 506C. And so we're looking for LPs interested in kind of pioneering this new investment model uh, and supporting these early stage founders kind of across the U.S. And I just realized I, I was going to ask a question and I didn't. Um, what is an at like, do you have a range of check size that you write? Like, is it is it kind of dependent on the on the deal or the founder or do you kind of have a range that uh, that you stick within? Yeah, the range is 15 to 50,000. Uh, that's kind of our stated range. Cool. And uh, um, if someone, you know, if someone's listening to this and they're like, this is great, you know, I want to learn more about this, reach out to you. I want a 15 to 50K check. Um, and I think, you know, I can get that money back. How can they find you? Um, what's your website? Are you on social media? Um, do you have an email address? How, how can founders get in touch? Yeah, we try and kind of stay in a couple different places. So we're on Twitter, uh, I think at Chisos Capital, we're on LinkedIn our website, chisos.io. There's a big orange button um, that you can go click apply and start the process if you're looking for funding. Um, yeah, those are those are the good places to get a hold of us. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it.